Father God, we thank you for the war. We thank you that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes, Father, and we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in and through us as it's being done and declared in heaven even now. Lord God, that we will not grow weary in well-doing. We will not faint, Father God, because of the promises that you've made to us and given us. You are faithful to complete and keep your word. We thank you, Jesus, for completing your assignment in dying for us on the cross and also taking our place um, on the auction blocks of hell. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to do that even when we were hostile and yet many remain so ignorant and hostile. We pray, Father, that you'd have mercy upon them and reveal your love and your peace and your salvation to them. We thank you, Jesus, for giving us power over all the power of the enemy. You said, whatever you bind, whatever you lose. You said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. So we're thanking you for the promises that you've given us to ask, seek, find, knock, and receive the revelation, the truth, the promises that you've given us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for the, the divine promises of protection that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that the, sh the shields of God the, that will shield us from the fiery darts, that the word of your truth, Lord God, your, your power, your promise, your Holy Spirit will keep us and those who are of us, Lord God, that you protect your people, the remnant, those who seek you, Father God, those who are in serious and, and uh, difficult situations right now, that you relieve, uh, redeem, and rescue them, Father God. We thank you, Jesus, for wisdom and counsel. We pray that these words would, would uh, be uh, understood. You said if we don't understand things, then the enemy snatches them away. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive that revelation, Father God, in Jesus' name. May, may we speak as the oracles of God, and may we speak with your wisdom, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're looking at faith. Yes. Faith. And sometimes we think we, we really know all there is to know about faith, but we will learn some more things here today. Um, you know, in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, you know, the context here is Paul has been going through all these difficult things, uh, just, you know, crushed, persecuted, all the things that, because of the faith, and he said we have that same spirit of faith, we keep going by faith. And um, so, but then he says, we don't lose heart, in verse 16 of Second Corinthians 4, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. He calls it light affliction. A lot of people think, oh, well, this is really overwhelming. This is the but death of me. This is, this is it. But he said, but it's really, it's our light affliction, which is but for a moment, just for a little while, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen, are eternal. In so chapter, faith, faith yeah. takes us into the realm of the eternal the eternal, and the unseen. And this is what we need to understand because most of us are living in the temporal, the temporary, and we're being tormented by what we see, what we feel, what it looks like. 
in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, he says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, that's, that's typically untypical. Most people walk by sight and not by faith. They're looking at the way things look uh, because the God of this world has set things up in a certain way with his smoke and mirrors abilities to create a reality um, where the immediate, the temporal, uh, has persuaded us to believe, to faint, to give up, uh, to lose, lose heart. But we have to realize that the enemy himself cannot make any promises in the eternal because he will have no power in the eternal realms. And so, therefore, we understand that our faith is woven into the promises of God, who is eternal. His word is eternal. His He is eternal. So temporary things have to give way to eternal things, and the eternal is based on the promises of God. If we look in, in uh, Romans chapter 4, we have a perfect a story of, of Abraham, um, who is uh, chapter 4, let's say, verse um, 16 now, God has done all this on purpose. He's let Abraham drift into his you know, early hundreds, probably a little, maybe 9,900 years, lift, drifting into there, carrying a promise of being a father, uh, uh, generating his own son from his own body uh, through Sarah and through her womb. And they've both slipped into this impossible situation where her womb is probably withered up and shriveled and he's dried up. And so there's no hope. However, God did this on purpose purpose because he wanted to make a point and the point is don't look at the the things the way they look and so Abraham uh, geared himself off up and got the grace it says here therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed not only to those who are of the law but to those who are of the faith of Abraham so he's the father of us all so he said he was going to make him the father of many nations as the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky, that would be his descendants. And and so contrary to hope, he believed in hope. So he became the father of many nations according to what is spoken, so your descendants shall be. So, verse 19, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. He didn't look at the way things looked. He didn't look at the way he felt. He didn't look at reality, you know. The things of this world are based in reality and temporary um, he didn't look at his own body, which was already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was able also to perform. And Abraham performed, and and therefore it was accounted to as faith, for as righteousness to Abraham. It was so when Abraham believed the promises of God, God used that to establish righteousness in Abraham. His faith in the promises of God made him righteous. So what is the problem here? Why does God demand faith, 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 all the time faith? And we're living in this temporal world where everything looks like this and looks like that and feels like this and feels like that. And we're tempted all the time to cave in. What? does God say? Faith. So faith, why can God demand faith? God demands faith because faith is built in or built on the promises of God. And God's promises are built on his word. And God's word is built on his character. And God cannot lie. Therefore, it's a sure and done deal when God says, believe, 
because I made this promise to you and I will keep this promise to you. Satan comes along and says, oh, well, you don't deserve it. Well, God's mad at you. Well, you failed. And even Abraham failed. Look at how he fell down and got, you know, he's, he jumped the gun and he decided to go ahead and use his servant girl to get a, a offspring. And, and that child was born like 13 years before uh, Isaac was born. And so, you know, he, you could say, well, he didn't have faith. Well, he did because God considered his, his waiting. God considered his own promise. See, even though fa- Abraham faltered a little bit, God was convinced of God's, of himself, that he was able to carry out this promise that he had made to Abraham. And he attributed that faith to Abraham as righteousness. And it's interesting that this all came way before the Ten Commandments or the law was ever uh, given. And so the law cannot bring us to righteousness. It's faith in the promises of God and our whole our, our whole salvation, our redemption, our eternal life, our home in heaven are all based on one thing, that, that the promises of God are good, that he keeps his word. Yeah, it's, it's impossible because the law, let's talk about the Old Testament law, it was, it was a pen to keep people safe and to keep people confined and in, in, in protected from all the, to demonstrate the distinctiveness mm-hmm. of the people of God, the seed of Abraham, the, mm-hmm. the children of Abraham, were to be a distinct people. So God gave them distinct laws mm-hmm. to protect them, to help them. But uh, at the same time, that in itself was, it, it was, Not. Galatians says it was, our, the law was our tutor or to, to bring us to Christ so we might be justified by faith. So, But it was Abraham, not our salvation. It, did, it couldn't bring salvation. Right. A- Abraham was declared righteous before God because of his faith, mm-hmm. not law. So we get it mixed up sometimes. We, we want to be right before God by keeping the rules, mm-hmm. keeping the religious rules of things. We do this and we do this or we don't do that and we do that. So, yeah. so what happens there is that um, we keep ourselves under the curse because yeah. the curse of the law, if I'm going to follow religious rules, God said, or, or in the law, if I'm going to keep all that for my righteousness, then I have to keep it perfectly. Yeah. I have to do the whole thing. And if you offend in one point, you're guilty of everything. Right. So that that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. See, that, that does not work. So what we have to come to is to the place of, of faith, of faith, <laughs> believing yeah. Believing yeah. God, not yeah. only believing in God, yes, but believing God and God's a word, yes. Yeah. So, why are people trapped in unbelief? Well, it's simply because they are trapped in the temporal. Um, they're trapped in looking at things the way they look. Um, they're and, and they, you know, they're locked in these impossible situations because they're trapped in that temporal place, the temporary. They're trapped in the law. They're trapped in the law. The fountain. You know, the foundation of religion is the law. Religion and law have no power except one, to make people feel guilty, um, to turn their eyes away from the eternal promises given to them by the word of God, the creator who cannot lie or deceive or tempt. There, these, the law actually has been fulfilled in and through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our justification, for our redemption. Um, and so the promises of God can only be obtained. The promises of God are things like life, eternal life, salvation, uh, position in his family, a home in heaven. Like we said, named, give us a, gives us a name, a purpose, a peace. This comes from faith 
in the promises of God, God who does not lie, who made these promises and only simply asks us to believe in these promises, to have faith in him and not live by sight or feelings, but by faith in the word of God because he is true. So the word of God has to be brought to people, has to be communicated somehow through preaching, through personal witness, whatever it is. It has to be communicated because otherwise what happens, we're, we're, faith is living outside of time. Mm-hmm. It's living outside of reality. It's living in what eternity. What happens, like mm-hmm. you said, Marjorie, is that we're so buried in reality, mm-hmm. what it looks like, what it feels like, and all it's it's about perception, mm-hmm. and it Satan, is. the god of this world, is here to change. He's the he's the to, god of smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors yeah. to get us into a basically a virtual real a reality. Yeah. Not only a reality, which is bad enough, but a virtual reality that's filled with anxiety and fear and self help yeah. and self effort. So religion, really, that s- springs out of the law. Many many different religions have taken elements of of works and and law to earn their right to um, demand from God salvation. Religion is a demonic concept, really. It's a twisting of God's word and his promises to earn what God has already freely given us, salvation and redemption, etc., to make God a debtor to us because of our works. Religion twists grace that was freely given, the gift God freely gave us, into making God a debtor who owes us what we so diligently have tried to pursue through keeping the law to earn. So, in other words, God has given us a gift of salvation, eternal life, and grace through Jesus Christ. That's the message of the gospel, basically. But Satan has taken that gospel and twisted and added and said, no, no, you've got to do this and this, so you've got to keep the law um, so we've been deceived into rejecting the gift of grace, believing and preferring to have to earn our own salvation through strict keeping of the law rather than receiving it through the grace and goodness of God. So what happens when you try to keep the law, Satan finds all kinds of reasons and ways to set guilt upon you and, and reject you and make it look like it's God because he's connected somehow. He's linked our idea of the law with God's remedy for for salvation and sin. The law is not the remedy for sin, but the the law cannot save anyone. It cannot get rid of anyone's sin. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can. So Satan very cleverly used the law, the Old Testament, like you said, that was given by God, but now he's used that to convince us that somehow we still are obligated to keep the law. Now, let me just say one more thing about the law. All the law was fulfilled in this, that you love your neighbor as yourself. So when we look at the Ten Commandments, we look at the Old Testament rules, they're all upgraded into a higher, more spiritual and impossible requirement that we love and forgive even our enemies. That wasn't even written in the Ten Commandments. He didn't say thou shalt love anybody. He just said don't murder them. And so now we see that the, the upgrade can only be done by the people who have the Spirit of God in them. Yeah, it's it's the Spirit of God because, you know, to live in a way pleasing to God can only be done by faith, by trusting the Lord, by trusting in in the, the shed blood of Jesus for our salvation. And that's where we're made right in God's sight, by trusting him. And then after that, as we trust him, the Spirit of God comes to be in us. And the Spirit of God, 
we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you haven't asked, the, you know Jesus, and you haven't asked him to really fill you full of his Holy Spirit, ask him, receive that, the Holy Spirit. And, and then what happens is there's the fruit of the Spirit will come. In other words, the character of Christ the fruit of the Spirit is really the character qualities of Christ. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, uh, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. All that is part of the character of God. So the, the manifest character, the moral character of God um, is to be released through us through the Spirit, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, by faith. It's something, it's not the fruit of you it's not the fruit of your flesh. The works of the flesh are are, are just bad news, right? What, what well, we they do. don't get us anywhere. They don't get us anywhere but to destruction. More but guilt, shame, condemnation, spirit, and failure. Yeah, the, the fruit of the Spirit uh, is not only for us, but for the benefit of others to, to express the character of Christ in, in the world uh, through us, through us. So the law is not faith. The law cannot save anyone. In Galatians um, chapter 6, he says, um, he says, uh, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these try to compel you to be circumcised. That was one of the old uh, disputing, disputed points in the early church. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. Um, so they're trying to pull people back into rules and re- requirements and regiments. And, but the curse of the law, what is the curse that the law brings upon people who are either mixing the law with grace or living straight law is what? Performance, perfection, stress, never-ending trying, futility. The law is like, uh, like Jerry said earlier, not to, you know, earlier before the show, is like trying to climb a ladder that has no rungs. It cannot be done. It cannot bring you to the place you want, to, want it to bring you. And it, and it can't redeem us. Um, and it gives us no means of coming into freedom. We cannot do another set of rules to, be, um, to circumvent the futility of rules or the weakness of keeping the law. It's not like we need another law, another set of rules, another because it didn't work the last time, it's not going to work this time. The solution is really the deliverance from the law through becoming grafted into the vine. Jesus Christ has grafted us, and he's the life source. He's the creator of life, and he is our atonement. He is, it is his faith. It is his life. It is his joy. It is his peace. It is his freedom that gives us freedom. Um, so he is the only one. Only abiding in him can lift us out of the pit of destruction and certain death. Faith is the requirement the just shall live by faith. All of the word is, is basically founded in this one thought. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the promises of God and what God says in his word through faith, through Jesus Christ, through his provision for salvation? Or are you going to mix that with, well, I've got to and it's up to me. The whole religious gospel is mixed as a mixed gospel. Yeah, well, what happens <coughs> is if we try to be... Um, Perfect. Follow all these rules and regulations. And Galatians 5, 4 says, You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law mm-hmm. or by rules or by religion. You have fallen from grace. Mm-hmm. If we're going into, we're falling from from grace. Um, 
for in verse 6, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. And he says love is what fulfills the law. The fear, there's a fear in, in religion. The fear is that, you know, God God is mad at me and I got to do all this stuff to make sure I'm okay with him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so it, and he's it's, happy with it's, me, and he'll be. So it's based on, so so based do on the idea that God, God is happy. Well, it's, yeah, it's based on the, a, a faulty concept of God Himself. So our salvation is based on what we do to make God happy. To make God happy. So okay, you do enough stuff, you keep enough rules. Okay, you can be saved. What is that? That is more ru- works. That's that's, that's not so salvation. False. God cannot base His salvation saving of us on works because it had to be based on the finished work of Jesus Christ and His shed blood. That's why law doesn't impress God. You keep the law, you're just wearing yourself out and becoming frustrated, obsessed, you know, and sick because the body says, I can't do this. Um, I can't do another set of rules. I can't do another uh, diet. I can't do another, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what you want to, what kind of works and performances. But the solution is, like I said, being grafted into Jesus Christ and so that we are understanding the goodness our faith, our faith, faith, faith comes from being based in the character of God. The character of God is, is is coming from the fact that God cannot lie. He does not lie. He doesn't cheat. He doesn't con. He doesn't make us do the impossible. He did the impossible for us because he's, he's, he loves us. So his promises are obtained through faith. Faith, believing that faith is consenting to and agreeing with and accepting and endorsing the promises of God based on the character and goodness of God upon the love of God to keep his word. God cannot lie. He does not lie. His word is who he is. His word is Jesus Christ. So that's why when people get trapped in unbelief, um, they really don't know the goodness of God. They don't know the word of God. And they're still out there trying to make things work, trying to figure it out, trying to be okay, trying to, you know, this is just madness. And then we go back to the looking at the temporal, the temporary, the reality of things. And all kinds of people in this world are sucked into the narratives, the smoke and mirrors, the reality. And nobody at this point, I think it's, it's pretty interesting. Nobody, nobody can really figure out what's really going on, what the real motives are. There's no straightforward motives in anything, whether yeah. it's the war or the COVID or anything. There's no straightforward motives. The motives on, on see, sa- Satan is temporary. He's temporal and he's the God of this world. So he can only make things happen in the temporary. And so when you're looking at the, 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 the reality that he sets up, the impossible, the pain, the, the sickness, when you look at that from that place of unbelief, and, and, and fear uh, and uh, losing heart, like the Bible says, then you are doomed. You cannot. You have to step up into the spiritual realm, go into the, the spiritual reality, uh, which is eternal. Satan, like I said earlier, is not. He will exist in eternity, but he has no power in eternity. He has no authority in eternity. Therefore, only God, who has power and authority in eternity, is the one who is able to make any of this stuff really happen because he promised it and he's good and he will keep his word. Therefore, 
we can speak to the mountains. We can speak to the mountain range of, of impossibilities in our life, whether it's sickness, disease, broken relationships, hopelessness, despair, addictions. We can speak to that mountain range, range with confidence. A lot of people look at the range, the mountain range. They look at it. They walk around it. They stand on it. They survey it. They, um, they, uh, you know, they take out their heavy equipment or they take out their teaspoon and they try to remove it, move. I'm just going to more diligence, more work, wor- uh, willpower, more determination on my part will remove this mountain range if I just, you know, have enough, you know, deter- so it all rests on my stamina, endurances, me, 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 me. And this mountain range will only be removed as Jesus said it would be when you speak to it. With the faith of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew, uh, Mark 11, uh, 22 and 23, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, mm-hmm. Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Mm-hmm. That's right, and there's a there's a treachery all about us because, uh, as in the early church, you know, Paul was saying, stand, stand fast in the liberty by with which Christ has made us free. This is chapter five, verse one of Galatians, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Well, what is that yoke of bondage? For them, it was circumcision. For us, it may be appearances. We are so prone, absolutely prone, because we live in such a tangible world most of the time that we're not recognizing the eternal uh, eternity that is all around us and what we've been really called to do. We are now citizens of heaven. We're here as ambassadors on earth in the name of Jesus Christ to do kingdom work. We're not here to look at the way things look. We're not here to, we're here to, so uh, what we probably most first of all need to do is repent of believing the lies that have locked us into these mountain ranges, that have locked us into this unbelief, that have locked us into reality, and, and, and begin to repent for even endorsing and giving credibility and credence to the way things look, the way things feel. And it's not that we're living in denial. We're living in a, a higher reality, and that higher reality is Jesus Christ, who was able to, to drive leprosy out of people and cast out demons and heal the sick and multiply the bread because he was living in a reality where miraculous is not impossible. It's possible all the time. It's what it is. So... The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2, 4, and there's other places we hear about this in Galatians, in Hebrews. The just shall live by faith. So faith is living in a confidence uh, in a realm of truth. It's it's a higher realm. We see this earthly reality of all the things that appearances, feelings, observations, hearing, yeah. opinions, all mm-hmm. this stuff, religious things. But we living by faith is living in a higher dimension. Mm-hmm. It's it's living in not that we're so you know spiritually super mm-hmm. superstars, but we live according to the eternal, yeah. the things that are not seen. Mm-hmm. We're living in the kingdom of God, the mm-hmm. rule of God, so which is transcends right all goes the, above all mm-hmm. the reality and the activity of the prince of this world. And everything. Yep. So it's a it's a it's a realm of faith and power and authority that yep. God has given us to live in, and we can live there. And we don't have to be ashamed, and we don't have to be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. In the, in the, it's based on the the goodness of God, the goodness of, the God, word of God, the promises of God, the character of God. Mm-hmm. So your your faith is only as good as what you have your faith in, mm-hmm. right? 
if you have your faith in in the human government, you'll be sorely disappointed. Mm-hmm. You have faith in God. Well, if you have, you fa- have faith in His Word, then you're on solid ground. And you you know we already are built by God to know in our spirit that God does not lie. And so the thing is, we have this war between reality and truth. Jesus is the truth. He says, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." So the reality, the the war between reality, it is what it looks like, um, it is what it is, you know, appearances again, uh, opposed to truth. And Jesus said, don't make your judgments based on appearances. And we do this all the time. We have to get, the Holy Spirit has got to check us in this and we got to stop it. You can't make your appearances, your judgments um, based on what people are doing, what they're saying, how it looks, how bad it is. You have to base it on what God says and be quiet until you know what God says, and then you go with that. Because reality exactly. said Jesus died on, dying on the cross was a bloody mess and a failure, and why would I ever have followed that? But in truth, he was the sacrificed lamb of God. So reality will show you one opposite thing to the truth, and you know the, the devil is he's a liar, a deceiver. He's full of divination. He's, he, he's full of smoke and mirrors. You have to call him out. When you're feeling bad, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling sick, when you have a stomach ache, whatever it is, you call him out on it and say, no, you won't, because I am going with the goodness of God, the word of God, the promise of God, that he will never leave me or forsake me, that he is my healer. And I speak to this mountain. I say, be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus Christ. If we start doing this, if we start living truly on the promises of the goodness of God and faith in those promises, we will see miracles and everybody's whining and carrying on and where are the miracles and how come we don't have the miracles? Well, so far, hardly nobody is really living in the place of the promise. By faith. They're not. They think they are because they're going to church and they're sitting nice in the pew and they're putting their money in their offering and they're doing all the little things that you should be doing, but they're not really living, reaching to God, say, God, this is, this has got to be you. You got to do, there's no way I can do that. I will speak it. I will bring it to earth. I will be the the mouthpiece for it. But you are the power behind whatever it is. And so with this kind of a confidence in God, you can speak to to tumors. You can speak to cancer. You can speak to addictions. You can speak to demons with the authority that God has given us as his children as we walk in his authority, an extension of his authority to act upon the earth. As Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the miracles and the deliverances begin. Yeah, and God has given his his word, basically. And if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, which is God's hall of faith, which is still being written, I hope you and I are in there. I think we are. As we don't we have go, to hope. We know. We know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it, what 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 happened with these people? We call them heroes of faith. What what happened? Impossible, powerful thing mm-hmm. that seemed impossible to man. Im, uh, powerful, dramatic, great and mighty things happened because why? They heard the word of God and mm-hmm. they acted upon it. And they loved faith. not their lives to the death. So some yeah. of them. They were brought to heaven through the conflict, and some of them were delivered from the lion's den. Some were eaten by the lions. doesn't matter. What really matters is they were all received into glory because of the goodness of God. So, Father, we thank you today that you will stir us up to know that faith works because of the promise. Satan never made any promises to us. He just promised to destroy us. God has made promises of life, eternal life, salvation, redemption, a home in heaven. Lord, we believe your word because you do not lie, you cannot lie, 
and you've created us to know that. So, Father, I ask that you'd forgive us for believing, walking in the counsel of Satan, his smoke and mirrors realities, his confusion, Father God, in this mess, and that we'll look to heaven, look to your word, be students of your word, absorb your word, take off our religious glasses and read it for what it says. And Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing before we leave. Let's check out liferecovery.com for some help. Uh, God on Trial is an audio series. A Case for Justice is a book that you might really like to read, which will help you explain why God looks to be, you know, uh, bipolar sometimes. And he doesn't always um, do what we think he should do. So let's get some of this stuff under our belt. Let's set the foundation straight so that we can build a house um, that is worthy, uh, that will weather the storm and is worthy to be lived in. So again, liferecovery.com, check it out. God bless you and have a great week. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.